नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चारवक पॉडकास्ट दिस इज योर होस्ट कुशल मेहरा सो टुडेज गेस्ट इज मोनिका हलन एंड आई टेल यू व्हाई वी आर हैविंग टुडेज डिस्कशन बट बिफोर दैट आई वुड लाइक टू वेलकम मोनिका वंस अगेन ऑन द पॉडकास्ट मोनिका थैंक्स फॉर कमिंग थैंक यू थैंक्स सो आई एम गोना ले द बैकग्राउंड आउट फॉर टुडेज चैट सो टुडेज चैट इज डेडिकेटेड फॉर द वुमेन इन इंडिया स्पेशली uh you know working women uh and i'll give you a little bit of a background so when i had my first chat with monica actually uh to be very honest i thought mujhe kuch pata hai matlab hum bhi thoda sa business karte the but i realized how little i knew about financial planning about basically handling my wealth after i spoke to monica and i'm not saying this because she's on my podcast uh, anybody who knows me knows that i'm a straight talker and i genuinely learned so much and incidentally uh, when we finished the chat we were just talking after the chat and monica said you know what there are many things that women in india also need to learn and uh, lo and behold i was like ek aur baar podcast karni padegi <laughs> and she was nice enough to agree so before we start today's discussion monica thank you so much once again for coming because uh, you know there is a paucity of people who actually talk sense and uh, i'm known for saying such things on the podcast but i genuinely mean this that there are very few people who make sense in our discourse and you're one of them so 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 before we start the discussion once again thanks a lot for agreeing to do this thank you so much thank you so much so monica let's lay down the basis first why do you think uh, that when it comes to financial management there that we need to give special attention especially when when it comes to women and uh, the financial management when it comes to women and their careers okay. no you're right we do and it's something uh, very very close to my heart i'm passionate about it because over the years over the journey uh, as somebody whose uh, husband has happily given over the wealth management role to me uh, the position of power and responsibility and fiduciary that i have um, i see that men in the same place may look at it very differently than i may look at it and i will give you a small example that when i know that i know everything about the family wealth i decide the assets uh, i know the location obsessively i will make lists excel sheets diaries passwords and share it with my husband and child to say that things happen and this is far beyond before covid happened things happen you can suddenly die i mean there's no guarantee that you will die at uh, 90 you can die whenever i mean you know can't control when you die so you die and then um, as a fiduciary as responsible for the financial well-being of my family i would ensure that there is no problem in the uh, their understanding of where the assets are if you speak to an average woman in uh, a wife or a partner where the male person uh, drives the money whether it's a father brother son or husband that conversation almost never happens and there are there are many many reasons for that so i want to first bring out the fact that there is a uh, unfortunately i have to use the word it's misused it's a, there's a patriarchy angle here and i don't mean patriarchy in the way that it is misused right now but simply in the transfer of asset down the male line traditionally the girl got her share of the family wealth through the dowry 
again, dowry is a misused word or said, but you know, that was her share. And she would sign off her rights and the right of women to parental property came much later. That was her share. And in the in-laws house, there was no question of her getting any share, right? So if you decode the Indian woman's obsession with gold, you will figure out that she's a very smart person because in the absence of access to real assets and being extremely insecure uh, about her financial future, being as she is dependent financially mostly on the men, she would just hoard gold, right? So there is this, uh, there is this society piece to it. Therefore, girls traditionally are encouraged not to think about money. You don't bother your pretty head about it. Uh, you are not a gold digger. Leave these things to the boys. And the girls grow up in this environment. And unfortunately, they begin to say, oh, I'm too cute to understand numbers. I'm too cute to understand money. And when you say I'm too cute to understand money, you're taking a knife and you're sticking itself into you because money is power. So that's the second angle. The third piece in this conversation, and we can open up each one of them, is that once the woman starts working outside the home, so my uh, uh, argument is that women work inside, all women work inside the home. Women who work outside the home do three jobs. They manage the home because men traditionally will help and not share. And there's a whole, whole lot of difference between helping and sharing. And uh, she resp is responsible for the extended family, the kids. She's the one who takes leave when the kid is sick. Uh, the one job that the man is happy to take is money management. So she very gladly gives that away because that's at least one thing that she doesn't have to worry about. And then in doing that, she gives her power away. When you stitch all of this story together, you realize how vulnerable women are, working women especially, are to not having control over their money or their financial futures. So I'm going to stop now because I can actually speak for an hour, but I will let you speak now. No, so I, I want to start about the, so you started with the, you know, slightly cultural aspect. I'll give you my own experience. I don't want to take names because I'm giving you my own family's experience. I grew up in a house where my mom was a working woman. My mom, basically, I remember dad used to have a job and mom and we used to have a business too. So mom literally used to take care of us and the business. And uh, my image of my mother uh, since I've ever grown up is bank. Uh, mom did everything. But in my own family, in my immediate family, I have seen on my, you know, my first cousin's mom, and I would see that I've seen members in the family without specifying who it was. They did not even know banky passbook kaise barwana. And as you were speaking right now, it, you know, the flashback immediately went back to my own house. And I was like, Damn, she's so right. And if you don't I'm just saying because passbook passbook and you know, even getting something as basic as that. So fixed deposits, insurance policy, wealth management. So if I was to come to you and tell you that first of all, how do I even have this conversation with a female. How do I break the ice that, listen, it's very important 
for you as a woman of the house to actually know all the financial details of the house how do we break that ice because you know how i mean i'll say it as it is there has been i have heard pathetic lines like are sab kuch nahi batana chahiye ghar mein aayi hui aurat ko kyun nahi batana chahiye bhai i mean i'm being very honest here i've heard things like that ki sab kuch nahi bata dena chahiye how do we break that ice first monica i think it would it would be through some sort of uh, storytelling some examples there are always women in the extended family who have suffered because of a divorce or a widowhood or even to think of uh, uh, grandmothers who are financially dependent on sons and grandchildren and daughters in law and sons in law to uh, think about their lives and say that you could end up there or uh, women in the friend circle who have gone through such stories right so i wouldn't mind using a little bit of fear right now to say you know what things happen how prepared are you today were you to be left on your own to manage things if you feel you are not should you not be thinking about it and covid i think gives us a really good example because uh, people who weren't thinking about things like uh, their wills or their paperwork have quickly put those things in place so it's a good idea to begin that conversation saying that uh, also uh, for generation z and the millennials a nice way to say that do you believe in gender equality and you're setting them up right because they think of course yes my god gender it's all about equality um if you do how able are you to take the big money decisions so research shows us that in a household or in a relationship women are very okay taking the household uh, expense decisions so the small ticket expenses they do but the minute there are larger numbers involved so either it's a big ticket investment or a long term investment they freeze they just hand it over so if we are talking of gender equality then possibly your job is to rise up to the occasion and be equal to men when it comes to managing your money so i would use fear with the slightly older women and uh, uh, just this uh, idea that are you really that gender sensitive that you claim you are yeah so okay now now that we figured that part out now let's get into the specifics so if we were talking about uh, so so let me put this across to you so and let's first focus on uh, women who are working so let's say women who have a job actively earning money and uh, are actively contributing not just in their own well-being in the you know well-being of the household in general uh, i mean i have so many uh, women uh, in my own family who have done that uh, so what would be if i was to ask you this question what were the top most three priorities that working women let's say would have to tick off if they were fundamentally starting to plan for their present financial present and financial future keeping in mind their own individual well-being and the well-being of their children and the larger family first of all you just have to understand your own income and spending rhythms and the basic rules don't actually differ whether it's a man or a woman but unless you know how where the money how much is coming in uh, 
how much is going out and in what and what is your saving potential every month you do yourself a disservice i mean just to say that i don't know where my money goes is not good enough so you do have to figure out so if you're alone then you need to figure out what your own saving potential is um a good way to do it is to separate out spending and saving and i've spoken about that earlier um if it is a if it is a joint uh it, you know family you're pooling your money with a spouse or if it's joint family it's extremely important to know what the pool is who's contributing and you know what is your contribution it isn't that you're blindly putting your entire amount into the pot what is it that you want to save so i would imagine at least if you're not doing an office provident fund at least a 30 to 40% savings should be done if you're doing provident fund a 20% saving of your take home salary is good so if you're not doing that then you need to think about it the next would be what are you investing it in and it's it's okay to stay with things you understand you don't have to do cryptocurrencies you don't have to do day trading you don't have to be ultra smart if you're just doing your fixed deposits because that's what you understand there is no shame in that if you're doing government bonds and fixed deposits at least you're doing something it's not just sitting in the 2.5% savings deposit right so that's your beginning i am not for a moment saying that you stay with a fixed deposit of course you upgrade either you hire a hire a financial planner or you learn a little bit about other products like mutual funds and you understand how to do it but if you don't and you're just with the guaranteed return products at least you're doing something so those are the two very important things to understand rhythms of your income spending and ownership of assets that is extremely important it's also important for women in joint families to understand what are the assets is my name on the property or not where are the property papers what is in the locker where is the key what are the assets that we have and uh, typically women shy away from asking these questions because they are already very complicated family situations and now you're going to add another one but i think it's a it's a discussion worth having and if you're not getting straight answers there is a problem all right so let, let's let's build build up a little bit on this let's say one of the biggest issues i've noticed in 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 these kinds of discussions is i don't know how else to put it and i hope people don't uh, don't get me wrong but career choices uh, i'm looking at it uh, from the point of view of uh, let's say if you want to build a career what, what are you, how does look at the end of the day a female is going to uh, no matter what men say it's not the man who's going to give birth to the child the female is the one eventually who's going to give birth to the child the man doesn't have to go through it right the female has to go through the entire process uh, and whether we like it or not somewhere down the line in a married woman's life uh, or uh, or even i'm not necessarily saying a married woman anybody who was planning to have uh, kids in the future the career choice actually makes a significant uh, you know i don't know how to say it takes a hit sometimes your your career options because maybe the best jobs which might give you the maximum amount of uh, money in, in terms of a market market right. position or or in your place in the in the larger economy may not be the most suitable jobs if you do intend to have a family so 
so when it and that is directly linked to the financial health and the financial stability of a female now so how, how does one go about making that calculation I, i i can't answer for that because i just don't have that thought process in me i mean at the end of the day i'm not a woman but i have seen in my own personal life friends extended friends and family have those you know calculations going on in their brain and they they really want to have a child and certain jobs actually hinder that so how do they go about so is there a particular way uh, or is there some research on that how, how does a female make that decision i think uh, i think everybody is trying to solve that question and there are no easy answers i will just tell you then a personal story because every answer actually differs person to person and the choices that you make so uh, when our baby was born this is many many years ago uh, i i mean i'm a journalist it's a tough job um i wasn't okay uh doing half of uh, the child rearing and the work and that time my husband said that since i was earning more he should sit at home with her because we wanted one full time parent so he said you know he should sit at home since i was earning more then we discussed that uh, what is it that we are trying to do we are trying to give her what she wants right now and she clearly wanted mom so there is this whole physical thing of a mother and a child so i quit i mean cold turkey i just quit and i sat at home for 7 years but in those 7 years it's really up to you as to how you want to treat those 7 years do you reengineer yourself do you relearn do you what do you do with your life so that when your kid looks up at you at age 7 and says like get a life go to work you're fully set to go back to work you know so uh, there are no easy answers so i know women who gone back to work 2 months after the baby and they are fine the kids are fine they're well adjusted fantastic kids so i really think this is a decision for every woman and her partner to figure out for themselves as to what is it that they want if the woman is indeed taking a step away from her career for a while or forever then she needs to be very certain that she's the one managing the money it cannot be that you give up your career and after 20 years you have neither career nor kids nor husband nor money okay so it is extremely important that if you are thinking because of children of giving up your career and these are all personal decisions there is no right and wrong i don't agree with the with either view that going to work is wrong or sitting at home is wrong it really depends on what you and your partner work through but should you take that decision then you need to be the one managing the money you have to learn that job and you you take control of the money and if you do decide to go to work there is enough help available you know there is enough help available to manage the kid and you need to hire a financial planner to look after your wealth so uh it takes a little bit of time initially to set up your plan but once in 6 months you can spare to us to discuss your portfolio and see how it is doing so this is not a job that you delegate so which whatever you do this is something that you control and uh, i know what your larger question is that how do women deal with this very very difficult choice of uh, a baby or career i'm saying usually you can figure out a way that you can do both yeah but 
but that's a tough one, right? Uh, no, nobody has, uh, and I know that there are no clear answers, but I'll, okay, let me give you a hypothetical scenario. We all know STEM fields are going to give you uh, a better, uh, let's say, I don't know how to put it, financial reward in, in that sense, uh, you know, with science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and stuff like that. And I don't know why, for some odd reason, beyond the point, we don't seem to have the, the highest number of women getting into STEM fields. Now, my, my whole point was that uh, how do we encourage women to actually start taking up STEM jobs and stuff like that, where at the end of the day, money management is not just about managing and living with what you have, right? Money management, one of the major goals of money management is also how do I grow my value net net worth at the end of the day? Because uh, I know in India, every uncle, since you raised, say, Beta paisa to hato ka mail I have never understood. I really like that mail. Uh, everybody should have that mail. So, I mean, I, the moment I see an uncle who says, Beta paisa hato ka mail hai, I say, uncle, aapka bhi mail mujhe de do, aur baju wale ka bhi de do, main dono ka rakh leta hon, aap bina mail ke rehna. So, immediately that uncle stays silent. So, now, if I was to take this to uh, to the next level, so, okay, we have established that women need to be very careful when it comes to, uh, you know, their wealth management. And uh, I, but then the, the natural position would be that wealth management, how, right? It's not just key. They, they know... Okay, you should know what your finances are. Okay, fine. We know what our finances are. But how does a female become an active participant beyond being just, okay, I have a job, I make money. How do they go to the next level where, like in your case, as you said, you make the financial decisions, right? You're the expert in the house who understands finance because you have expertise in that field. But not every woman outside out there is a Monica Holland. Right. They're not as equipped as you. So how do they get equipped? Right. So, you know, one is that it's not that difficult. And if you can drive a car, run a washing machine and deal with the Indian extended family, you are fairly well equipped to deal with your money because these are very complicated things initially to deal with all three of these things. But I mean, you've done extremely well in dealing with them. This is just another of those things that you have no option but to do, which is to understand basics. And the only advice that I can give you is to stay away from things you don't understand. So anyone is offering you some leveraged deal or a cryptocurrency or airport is coming here. So you buy that parcel of land, you know, anything that you don't understand, stay away. And if you're just, I mean, if you're just doing your PF, PPF, and government bonds as a starting, you're okay. You're, you're at least better than not doing this. At a second stage, you can hire a financial planner. And that you will have to understand what questions to ask him. What is it that he's putting you into? Do you understand those products? Uh, how do you monitor your money uh, every six months? You know, so a little bit of financial literacy will have to come into your life because this is one relationship which won't break. You can break with all other relationships, but till the day that you die, money is the one friend that you have. So you make friends with your money now. No? Learn to deal with it. Understand 
how to uh, make that money grow and you know don't treat it with disrespect by punting it or uh, spending it on things that you don't really need so that relationship with money is such an important thing and that's what i'm saying again and again that this is going to be with you till you die you may as well understand it do what it takes read books talk to people i have seen women transform it took them 6 months to understand what it was all about and they're saying it's not tough you know what it's not rocket science so the day you so it's a little bit of fear and hesitation you don't want to be judged so women are constantly judged you don't want to be judged for being stupid so i'm saying take that walk through that door say i'm stupid it's okay i only do fixed deposits it's okay let them judge you you didn't buy greater noida when it was happening it's great because those flats were duds you know so just have the confidence to do what you know but do that okay do you must absolutely do that and you will see the confidence coming because you will start understanding some terms you'll start understanding how it works and it's a very long journey so you know keep learning and keep modifying your own investments as you go along but you have no option but to take control also so uh, when it comes to wealth management uh, are there certain financial assets that uh, let's say are specially dedicated for women let's say in india so let's 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 focus right now uh, only uh, on india and uh, women in india are there any particular financial assets out there that maybe you know they literally cater for working women or homemakers where you can actually you know uh, save some money put that money aside over there and they actually have planned it literally looking at a working woman or a stay at home uh, mom mom's point of view no i don't think uh, product manufacturers are thinking like that at all and money is money actually money doesn't care whether a man handles it or a woman it's happy to sink or soar uh, doesn't matter the gender of the person so i don't think there is Uh, any merit in sort of going down that road which says that for women this is a, a good investment and for men that is a good investment an investment is an investment it's really about what you understand if you understand gold and you are going to be investing in a mix of gold fixed deposit government bonds ppf that's also fine right so choose your products choose your investments but there isn't uh, you know if someone selling your policy saying that this is for women it's the same policy that they sell to the men as well okay these life insurance policies it's it's the same uh, same old 2% 3% return which they are calling some by the name of some woman just stay away from all of that you get a better return on your ppf you get a better return on your just simple government bonds that much work you will have to do as to find out how do i buy these government bonds i need a demat account utna kaam karna padega aur you do the work to find a financial planner you pay a fees to the planner and the planner then manages your financial life just as you pay a lawyer just as you pay a doctor you pay a financial planner and then he or she looks after your money and there are so what the interesting story is that there are more and more women financial planners coming into the market who understand the lives of women and are far better able to deal with women clients so this is it's an ongoing process and i think there are some sites out there if you search the fee only financial planners are listed so which which means that 
they don't take commissions from the products they sell. You pay them an annual fee and they put you into the zero commission products. So that conflict goes away. The, uh, the fear that they are putting you in products which don't really work for you goes away to a certain extent. So I'm saying choose any route, doing it myself, hiring a planner, doing a partnership with the husband where he does the investing, but you have a six monthly audit so that you know what is happening, you know where the money is, uh, you know the passwords, you have access to the money. So choose your route, but you have to take one of these roads. All right, I'm, I'm going to get straight into taking now live questions from our viewers. So Padma Pillai has asked this question. So she has raised the point. She's like, how can laws change to allow women to be compensated for housework and kids learning? Is there a way out in this? So I'm going to yeah. let as many female the viewers ask you questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the problem with hard coding anything in law is that, you know, finally, it is so difficult for the state, the law to interfere in individual homes. So let's let's just look at the dowry law. It's a very strict law. It is more misused than used today. You can pick law after law. Look at the elder abuse law. You know, so I don't think the legal way is the way out. I think the legal way is to ensure that women get equal assets. And that change has already happened. Uh, I think there is also need for uh, the judicial system to be more uh, understanding of women needs when there's a diverse situation and uh, alimony and compensation and uh, settlements are discussed. Um, again, to a certain extent, patriarchy does play a role in terms of deciding the amounts of the settlement. So. These are not hard. These are uh, these are these are our attitudes and beliefs. So no, we we cannot uh, we cannot have a compensation embedded in law. But this is a negotiation within the family that since uh, and I, I've met a few women who have stepped away from work and they have uh, not negotiated. They have agreed on an allowance for themselves. So there is money to run the house and the woman draws an allowance every month to look after her own needs, her savings. So these are conversations that you must have. These are conversations we shy away from. But these, I, I am going to be leaving my job. What happens to my needs for my money? This is what I need to spend every month. This money needs to come into my account every month as soon as your salary comes. This is, um, and the, it's a very, it, these conversations are even more serious because you see the retirement corpus, the provident fund is being built in the name of the partner who's working. So women suffer a double blow in case there's a divorce 20 years down because you don't have access to that provident fund that belongs to the person. So you will have to do these negotiations on your own so that your future is secure. I don't think the law will it's very messy and then uh, you know there's a whole cost of law so rather than that you uh, equip yourself pay a planner and bite the bullet and have those tough conversations at home all right so now we have divya singh divya asks a question i am from an engineering background aspiring to do a startup 
what are the government policies and financial support schemes, if there are any, for women that can be beneficial for entrepreneurs? I wouldn't know of uh, specific uh, government schemes for women. I think you just have to Google that. I really wouldn't know what specifically, but what I can tell you is that uh, when you do a startup, remember to draw a salary for yourself. All right, so startups tend to burn themselves and their entire money, but do remember to pay yourself. And out of that, a small savings like your provident fund must happen. So that's the only advice that I can give you that just pay yourself. Yeah, so now I'm going to twist this one a little bit so that it becomes a question. So Soumya has asked this. So what she's trying to say is that maybe every woman does not want to work. Some genuinely make the choice of being a homemaker. And uh, in that case, uh, society tends to have this marker, right? That your success is always gauged by the amount of money you've made. I mean, at the end of the day, we live in a materialistic society. But it is what it is. Uh, in my case, I would say it doesn't change the reality that even if you're a homemaker by choice, that doesn't change the, the reality that you still need to be good at wealth management. So what would you say if now let us go get actually into uh, women who, who choose to stay at home and don't uh, don't take up a job and just want to be a homemaker? So what would your uh, advice for them be? you become the money manager of the house because you've chosen to do a very, very important job, which is manage the home, the kids, uh, take one more responsibility on your head. And uh, most men are more than happy to get that thing off their heads because then they don't need to worry about it because a very competent person and women are very competent when it comes to managing money. So you make it your mission to be in control of the money in your family and see the power equations even in the extended family change around you because then you are the person who's discussing products you're the person discussing uh trends because once you do you know once you do start understanding you start decoding the rest of the business and finance world as well to a certain extent so you take it upon yourself to be the money manager of your own home yeah fair enough so I just had a very weird question about real estate. <laughs> I just came up of the uh, uh, on the top of my head. So now, you know, with inheritance laws being fixed in India now with the recent Supreme Court judgment, and now we, at least in Hindu law, we have uh, fair, uh, you know, equitable inheritance, uh, leaving the, the, the Sharia case aside for a while, where it's one third. But... So, you know, women eventually inherit, in many cases, they inherit property and not just jewelry. They do inherit property, too, in that case, in many occasions now. And it's going to go on increasing with the change in laws and the change in our society and our society becoming more and more equal and fair. So what, what would your advice be in, in that case, in that scenario? So should a female kind of hold on to the property and maybe put it on rent or, or, or what should be the ideal scenario, let's say, for a woman who is maybe, you know, in a, so she's not taking care of the property. Most probably the property is going to be, let me draw this scenario for you. It's going to be in the place where her parents most probably were living and she's inherited that property and she stays maybe in some other town and it's very hard for her to kind of manage that property in that case. So what would be the right advice for women in that scenario uh, to handle their inheritance? So uh, real estate 
as an asset class in India is not something I'm very fond of. And I go on saying that um, it's a very clunky asset class, which means that uh, it's a very difficult asset to buy. You need large chunks of money. Uh, there's a large entry cost. Uh, there's always this fear of the property's papers not being okay. Uh, a fair amount of black money component is required for most of the deals, though that is changing now. Um, it requires maintenance. There is threat of a takeover. There's a threat that the tenant won't leave. And when you need to sell, it's not a good asset to sell in distress because you know what? It doesn't sell too easily. You can't farm the kitchen out and sell that because you need only that much money you have to sell the whole thing. So I'm not a very big fan of real estate as an asset. So if you're saying that there's an asset in another city, I would actually just sell it and then decide what I want to do with that money, what, what I want to put it into. Maybe it's just government bonds. But if, if you're able to do that work and draw the rent and you think it's an asset you can manage, there's no harm in buying in a city that you are there so you can collect rent. But I have to go on saying that it's a very difficult asset class for somebody who doesn't even understand basic finance to then deal with all of the things which come with real estate. It's far more complicated. So I would simply just sell and uh, invest the money in financial assets. Again, if only government bonds is what you understand, there is no shame in being in government bonds. So yeah, you, you know, sell it. There are all kinds of emotional issues attached. We are not getting into that. But if the decision is to sell, and usually these are joint properties, there are siblings, you get a share. I would just take the share in cash rather than a property. All right. So now I have to take a question of one man. <laughs> so, so Tanmay has asked this interesting question. I think what he's trying to say is that, you know, we're not exactly a very homogenous society. We have uh, different strokes for different folks. So not everybody, even at a community level, and I'm talking about not just the community as in separate religions, even within the communities, like Kerala being, when it comes to certain things, far more open uh, than, say, Uttar Pradesh, Bihar, or let's say Jammu and Kashmir. And uh, in that scenario, how, is there a way where we can kind of... Uh, they can't be a universal answer, right? So there has to be kind of a horses for courses kind of an approach. So in that case, how do we develop that? How do we go about developing that horses for courses approach? Um, it's, I think, every family for themselves. And uh, I think the really important things are the what kind of dinner conversations do you have around your table at, at night? What are you talking about? So I grew up in a house where the conversation was never about the jewelry I was going to get when I got married. It was about work. It was about, uh, you know, things which were happening. It was about current events. It was about um, academics. It was about work. So the, the option of not working was never in my head because I grew up like that. So I think it is the home environment in which you you bring up your children in such a way that they're completely self-reliant. It's a life skill, managing your own wealth. So, I mean, we really have to change the way gender equations within homes work. And you can legalize a lot of things. You can encode it in law. 
but finally it is when we bring up our boys and girls differently than we do today which means with far more equality in the roles that they have to play that uh, we will actually move towards some sort of homogeneity across the country in the way that girls and boys behave visually their uh, roles uh, that they play all right so here's a good brother so let me ask this question uh, amaya viker i'm impressed by your question so he's like i have a young sister would like to put some money aside for her what would be the best product that i can financial product i think what he's trying to say uh, i think uh, amaya is one of my patrons so i think he's outside india and he must be having family in india so he's like i want to put some money aside for my little sister so what would be the best thing that i can do for her that's fantastic i mean if you understand mutual funds then buying a very cheap index fund broad market index fund is your least cost and least effort way to build long term uh, capital for her but if you do know finance if you understand managed funds then you can actually choose one or two funds and build a portfolio for her already but should you not want to take that call every year to you know change the fund and track the fund manager then just a broad market index in the on the sensex of the nifty with very tiny expense ratios and a small tracking error should be fine i mean it's really fill it shut it forget it approach yeah so okay a couple of more questions for you and now the women are back so vinita has asked what would be your advice to single unmarried women who give up their career to stay at home taking care of their parents yeah you have to put on your oxygen mask at some point so your source of income is gone so it's a good idea it sounds really cruel but it's a good idea to understand uh, your inheritance to get a will made um to understand what different assets are because sometimes there are problems between siblings and if you are the one looking after the parents ideally it should all go to you because you have made the sacrifice of giving up your source of income so i would i would uh, put on your you know i would put on your oxygen mask very quickly to understand that you don't suffer financially for taking this very generous decision that you have taken and if you have your own savings you need to figure out uh, you know what is it that will cost you because maybe there's a pension coming from one of the parents and once they pass on that pension will stop so you really need to figure out how much do you need to live every month and remember there's inflation that number is going to escalate by let's take an average of 6% so you need an increasing amount every year to look after your needs and then you will have your own old age so maybe you should then think of uh, you know once your parents have passed of relocating to a community where uh, you know there is there are all these facilities with hospitals and um, old age living communities there are also these religious towns which uh, have excellent community support so i don't know what your orientation is but some of those uh, towns are extremely hospitable to uh, you know people living because you have the same ideology so some sort of community you would need when you become old whether it is to do with a religious group or a spiritual group or just an old age facility where you have other people like yourself so that you don't have a lonely old age so i would start thinking of those very hard questions 
All right. One more question. This one is the corporate world is not very kind to women who try to re-enter after a hiatus. What reskilling or strategy can help this taboo about women who have taken, say, a seven-year-old break and let's say hypothetically they have two kids. So what what reskilling tools can a female take up who has, let's say, taken such a hiatus and now is uh, willing to enter in the corporate field or re-enter to be very precise? Essentially, you should have skills which uh, whatever your area of work is that, uh, you know, your, your skill, you should in those seven years get your skill set and knowledge levels up to a level that they have no option but to hire you back. So every see, it would differ um, industry to industry, but uh, essentially, this is the time to re-engineer yourself, to refocus on uh, knowledge and skills, which will make you do better and better. So I would just take this break and completely rework what you may have learned earlier. And then when you come back, one, you're very fresh and you're willing to work. And also you've juggled a lot of things. So uh, my experience uh, with working, you know, people who come back after the break is that uh, one, they're so eager to come back to work. Their productivity is very high. And when they come to work, they're like women on a mission because, you know, they want to finish and go back to the kids. So work, which other people do in 12 hours, they'll do in like four hours and you know they're done with it. So these are all the these are things you talk up rather than take a say that oh you know I have to go early. But you know the job is more than done. So are you looking for hours in the office or are you looking at work done? I mean, I think women also have to start pushing back uh, to this whole uh, male lounging around in the office at eight o'clock at night, drinking coffee or whatever, and pretending they're working. So, you know, if you can't finish your work in eight hours, you're horribly inefficient. So this entire work culture, which uh, actually penalizes women because it is the woman who wants to go back home. There are kids waiting. So that conversation has to start shifting to say that I'm not the one going early. You guys are so inefficient that you need to stay till 11 at night doing I don't know what. So I think it's your confidence has to come to say, this is how I do it. All right. So this is something I actually wanted to keep for the end. And interestingly, somebody has asked this question. I was literally going to ask this question anyways. So something that has boggled me all these years is when you look at the female work participation percentage in India, I think it's somewhere around 24 to 26%. And what is shocking to me was I was reading a few research papers as I was you know prepping for our podcast. The female workplace participation rate has fallen down in India instead of going up. I mean, how the hell did we manage that? We are going to go Either that number is flawed because I'm not good enough to question their research. But what are the reasons? Why is the female workplace participation in India so abysmally low, Monica? So I had seen the same data. And I had written a column saying that women prefer to drop out rather than drop dead from overwork. Because if you parse that data, and there was uh, another uh, column written 
where they had actually seen the data, unpacked the data, and they found that unmarried women continued to work, but married women at that childbearing age drop out. So it is that that age where uh, there is a child, there is work pressure, and there is no support at home because this is a woman's job. So there is something called a mental load, where even if somebody is helping, the woman is the one who's organizing everything. She's the one who's organizing, even if it is to tell the maid to get something, but unless she does it, it won't get done, right? So, so women then choose to drop out of work rather than drop dead from overwork. So that's the sad story of a lot of Indian households. I think it's changing with generation, uh, the younger generations, the younger kids are, I think, far more uh, um, equal, I think, when it comes to sharing of the home, uh, household jobs. But uh, uh, it's, a, it's a very deeply embedded pattern where the boys are brought up to believe they are not supposed to cook or clear the table even. They just, you know, or do their laundry. So these are all just social um, social practices, which again, family by family, we have to change. And I'll give you a very small story. There was once a family function in our house. And you know how it is when they're extended aunts, uncles, their cousins. And uh, so somebody said, Chalo, all the ladkiya utho, let's you know, start serving. My daughter must have been, what, eight or 10. And she said, why? What about the boys? Uh, they're not supposed to serve. Only we are supposed to serve. That's it. So that that was it. My husband just said, "Okay, this is this ends now." And now every extended family do. He just gets up and he starts. You know, he starts taking over the entire serving, and all the aunts are flapping, saying, "No, no, no! Like you're not supposed to do that." He says, "This is how it is. All the boys will do this work." So I think it's family by family, event by event. We have to change that narrative that right so so what's your view on this i mean we have i'm not saying everywhere in india so don't get me wrong but at least in big corporate firms or in government uh government of india you have maternity leaves a uh, lot of people have raised this question should there be paternity leaves for the men do you think that helps? I'll be very honest. I think beyond a point, these these kinds of things start having a negative impact on the market. So people avoid hiring. I, I'm being very honest here. Uh, but what's your view on this? That uh, I know Canada has a paternity leave. They they do. Canada has a long paternity leave clause. Like men can stay at home too. Not as much as the females, but yeah, they can stay for a significant amount of period. Do you think those kinds of things really help the women in the long run if we had paternity leaves too? Yes, if the uh, paternity leave was actually indeed going to be used to take care of the kid and not go parting with the boys. So it, really <laughs> depends on, it depends on what you have negotiated in your own home. So again, I'm saying you can you can hard code it into law, but what how that is used in every home of that paternity leave becoming a six month hike in the mountains, or actually you're handling the baby. You know, so that is family by family you do the negotiation. So yeah, paternity leaves are great for women who have partners who wake up at night to clean the bottom of the baby. 
Yes. So this is right now the only example in India of a person who's taken a paternity leave is Virat Kohli, who's going to go back to <laughs> India after his first Test match in Australia. Who says, "Okay, I'm out now. I have a child coming up. I need to be there with my wife and my family." So I guess, yeah. So good for Virat. These are role models. I mean, this is how you start changing conversations. I mean, this is how how it is done. That this look, this is what I am doing. I am not. See, if you start preaching, then you're preaching. This is how I do this, and if it's icons, I think it makes a whole lot of difference. All right, uh, this 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 is awesome. So uh, so let's wrap things up, Monica. But before we wrap it up, so what's the one last message uh, that you would like to give all the women, all the men who are going to be listening to this podcast later on? I'm just saying that money is power. Why will you give it away? Who gives power away? It is yours. Keep it. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I I realized the value of having a strong working woman in the house only when I grew up. I when you're growing up, you're so used to the idea of seeing a woman in the house working. I thought it was normal because I was a child. And then then you grow up a little. Then you see, okay, our family is not doing anything. Then you start changing your ways, and then you go to college. then you see your friends mothers then then you grow up further you start working and then you go into the workplace then you start dealing with your customers and you realize that oh there is something off i was i was in the aberration i was not in the norm and then you start thinking about these things where okay yeah we have a long way to go and 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 what what i have noticed even today i'll be very honest it's not like a lot of women are going to be watching this and maybe you know what i'm going to do this so if all the women who are going to watch this later on do one thing send me an email at contact@kushalmehra.com if you have any questions for monica i'll do my best i'll forward them to monica i'll try my best to forward all the questions to monica because uh, you know she's kind enough to actually come and answer your questions over here where uh, i don't even know if we have these kinds of conversations in india to be very honest <laughs> so so i i can uh, take a little bit of credit here that at least i'm trying to have these kinds of conversations on platform so so on that note monica once again thanks a lot for coming on the podcast and educating us because every time you come i learn something new and today also i'm i i have a new perspective when it comes to these things so once again from the bottom of my heart thank you very much for coming on the podcast thank you so much thank you kushal really enjoyed the conversation All right guys you know the drill please subscribe to the podcast leave a comment like the video share it with your friends especially if you have sisters and buas and chachis and tais in your house share this video with them have this conversation with them over a dinner table after watching this podcast or maybe watch it with uh, with them watch it together and then maybe ask start asking them these questions yourselves and uh, if you want to support the charvik podcast please you can go on youtube and become a member there or you can subscribe on patreon or you can support the charvik podcast by just going on kushalmehra.com/shop and buying the merchandise i try my best to come up with interesting conversations i hope i live up to your expectations maybe i don't every time but uh, i try my best so until the next time i'll see you with another interesting guest and another interesting conversation namaste take care bye